right, everybody. Episode 17, season two of the CCHA show coming right up here. And I have uh, two of my favorite guests. We have uh, Ryan Stieg from the TripleDeek.com, and he covers St. Thomas hockey. Uh, used to cover Northern, and so he's got some expertise in that area as well. Ryan, thanks for coming on. Yep, happy to be here. Looks like you have some uh, either it would, would be sunburn, but might just be windburn. I'm not sure what's going on there. It, but yeah. it's, it's a little windburn. I was outside for three hours. So, oh yeah. boy, yeah. It's and if you're uh, if you're familiar with what's going on in half this country, that's it's uh, pretty cold out there. Uh, also joining us uh, is Chris Peters from Flow Sports, uh, fresh off of a a trip to uh, the World Junior Championships, which saw three CCHA players. We'll talk. We'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. But uh, Chris, thanks for thanks for coming on for uh, uh, for this show. Yeah, Perry, thanks for having me. Always always good to be with you. Good to be talking hockey. CCHA uh, show going now. We had uh, uh, three sweeps last weekend. We'll we'll talk about those uh, before we get to the upcoming weekend and a couple of uh, nice interviews with CCHA goalies. Uh, two two of the hotter goalies in the league coming up uh, so stick around for uh, Jake Seibel and Ethan Langnegger but we start off with Jake Seibel's team and a team that uh, Ryan covers the St. Thomas Tommies with a big time sweep that actually beat Michigan Tech at home for the first time ever and it turned into a two-game sweep 4-3 on Thursday uh, day off Friday and then 3-1 on Saturday uh, Ryan just your, your overall thoughts on on the weekend uh, for the Tommies a big bounce back from their trip to Vermont and uh Squeezed in an exhibition win against uh, Dartmouth, uh, excuse me, Duluth in there. Yeah, it, uh, you know, having a very rough weekend against in Vermont, you know, they needed something to get kind of like a confidence boost or just get back on the right track. They look really good in their exhibition game against UMD. And then Friday night, um, Thursday night, actually, we were, I was talking with some uh, some of the parents on St. Thomas, and they were asking me, do, do you think they have a chance to sweep this week? And I'm like, if they can play at the level that I know they can, it's a possibility. And then in the first period to get two quick goals on Pedala was huge for them because if you can get to Pedala early, you know, you can get Tech on their heels a little bit. And that's what they did. Tech, of course, rallied, you know, as they're kind of prone to do, but they were able to eco to win, which was a nice win there. And then fell behind on Saturday. I was trying to keep tabs of that <laughs> more of an online thing. That was the game I wasn't able to be at. Yeah. But they fell behind. They rallied. St. Thomas has gotten compared to the previous years, previous two years, they're really good at overcoming adversity. If they fall behind, it's not like, uh, Oh boy, now they're really going to have to battle back. Like in the first year, it's like, okay, we're down by one. We can rally from that. Even if we're down by two, we can get past that. So to bounce back from an early deficit and get the sweep, that was, it was a big weekend for them. Uh, now they can maybe build on that momentum because tech was seen as the front runner in the league to start the year. And St. Thomas just took them down at home. So big weekend for them. Uh, Chris, uh, this is a team, St. Thomas, like, like a lot of teams in college hockey that have had to deal with injury uh, so much though, that they, you know, brought along Chase Cheslock, who's a, a New Jersey Devils draft pick early. I know you cover the draft uh, you know, pretty extensively for flow. What what does St. Thomas have in this in Cheslock? He's a big kid. He's 6'3", from Rogers, Minnesota, not too far away. Uh, but uh, he's contributed right away, seemingly, to this team and also got uh, a goal from uh, Pullman, who's another freshman, actually their first goal by a defenseman this year, which seems hard to imagine, Mason Pullman <laughs> uh, scoring. But, uh, yeah, your thoughts on those guys and also the series, uh, Chris? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's always nice when you can bring in a guy that, you know, has has some experience in the USHL and, and you know, to, to bring Cheslock early, um, you know, to have the option to do it is, 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 you know, good for roster flexibility. I mean, you know, I think initially he's going to still need some time. I mean, you know, he kind of w was one of those guys that played a little bit of that, that high school USHL hybrid season last year and then was, you know, expected to play a full season this year obviously necessity brings him in, um, you know, before he left Omaha, he was the captain there. He was the captain at Rogers high school, you know, so this is a guy that has some leadership quality, some maturity for his age. And then, you know, the, the frame is, is going to stand out there. So, you know, for St. Thomas to have, um, so, to have some, some real, you know, flexibility on the back end is going to help. That is, you know, that is wild that they, that they had not had a goal to well, as well from, you know, to get one from Pullman there. Um, but, you know, I, 
I, I look at this and, and you, you know, I think that what we're seeing from the St. Thomas team is, you know, the, the decision to hire Rico Blasi out the gates was, was an inspired one. And obviously to get a guy to, that had, you know, national championship experience, a, a guy who has had experience building a program that had some of the, um, you know, the deficiencies uh, in terms of uh, whether it was, you know, a lack of history or a lack of, you know, sustained success over a period of time. Um, you know, you bring in him to start recruiting and, and it makes players like a Chase Cheslock more eager to go there um, and to to be part of that program. But you see what they're doing. I think they're way ahead of schedule in terms of what we thought we would see at St. Thomas. And, you know, part of it is adding those those types of freshmen that give you that that ability to, you know, to to have some, you know, or some some skill uh, in your in your program. Uh, but on top of that, just to have that continuity with the program with with the coaching staff and them continuing to build and build and build um we're seeing a lot come to fruition a little bit sooner than i think we expected absolutely and we'll get to more of st thomas talk uh for ryan's sake when we talk about their upcoming weekend trip here but uh moving on from last weekend lake superior state with a kind of a statement weekend against their rivals they were down uh two games they lost they'd been swept i should say by northern uh in marquette earlier this year they answer back to win the the uh, Capo Cup five one and uh, five to two over the Wildcats, and as our uh, a friend Tim Rapley points out, five straight conference games with five goals for Lake Superior State, which does not happen often. This is an offense that is kind of firing all cylinders. Chris, we'll start with you uh, for going back there, and they seem like a lot like some of the other CCA state teams that had a, a tough holiday trip, like St. Thomas did. They went to the uh, Ledyard Bank Classic out in Dartmouth, my neck of the woods, uh, previously, and and, and kind of laid an egg there. They ran into a couple of good goalies and in a couple of good teams, really, in Dartmouth and RIT. But uh, what do you what do you think of this Lake Superior State team that's been hovering around five hundred all year, and they have some great young, talented players? Yeah, you, you know, I think they're they're starting to get some balance into their scoring, which is going to help a lot. You know, I think that's that's one of the the key things when you know you kind of were just leaning on Jared Westcott all year. Uh, to, hey, he's going to get the goals for us, and and you didn't necessarily need that um, this weekend. You know, so to see them starting to spread it out a little bit more, I think is really good. Um, you know, I think that when you have that that kind of lack of or or, or a tough trip like you did to close out the first half. It gives you time to kind of readjust, reevaluate, reset a little bit. And, you know, to get a couple of weeks off, to get a chance to prepare themselves for, you know, a, a big series. I'm sure that the, the the poor showing at the Ledyard Classic was going to, you know, kind of propel them a little bit to be ready when it, when the time came to play Northern. And, you know, I think I think Lake State has been one of those teams. It's been really hard to kind of figure out what to make of them. They've had their their ups and downs, but when you have a team that has the ability to explode offensively, like we've seen them do in conference play over the last few weeks, um, that gives you a little bit more faith that hey, this is a team that could be a little bit more dangerous down the stretch. So um, we'll see if it if it's really if they're building now or if you know they got hot for a weekend. But, you know, the fact that they were able to put up five against Bemidji, five against Ferris, and five now twice against Northern in uh, in consecutive conference games. Um, and, and really even, you know, they, it, it seems like when they do have a bad weekend or a bad game, they bounce back really quickly. And I think that's important, too. Um, you know, if you, if you have the ability to be resilient, you can really make sure that your se- – one, your season doesn't go off the skids, and two – that you know you're not down for long and you can kind of keep yourself afloat um even maybe when you don't have your best so uh, to see them just scoring the way that they are now uh you know makes them a little more dangerous down the stretch here we'll see exactly what uh, what comes to pass in their their home and home with Ferris and and if they can continue on this trend because if they do uh hey it's the right time of year to be uh peaking absolutely and getting some good balance you know the veterans Harrison Roy you mentioned Westcott uh still contributing just not being leaned on so heavily that they have to be the ones that score or else you don't win. Uh, Ryan, this is a rivalry. I know you've covered, uh, you know, in your years up uh, covering the Wildcats there, and I'm sure a disappointing weekend for for Northern fans, uh, you know, figuring that all they had to do was kind of win one game to keep the Capo Cup, and it's a road split on the, in the CCHA, which isn't so bad, but they weren't able to do that. Uh, 
you know, what are your thoughts from from either side of this of this uh, coin here? I think it's a, a really disappointing weekend for NMU because they had two games in the they already had one twice in Marquette, looked very good both games, and all they had to do was, like you said, get one win, and for some reason it just didn't happen. Lake State came out strong on the first night and then just it away quickly on Saturday and it's it's a weird thing because Northern's kind of on this where are we right now because they've looked good at times and then really shaky at other times so I think it's a real hard weekend to take for uh, NMU and then you look at Lake State who just they're, they're, they're getting goals like you guys were talking about the five goal <laughs> streak that they're on I just uh, I looking at Ethan Langenegger has been good enough. Everything to be clicking at the right time. We were actually discussing on my other podcast. Is Lake State a legitimate non contender? You can put them in the mix. I think it's part the area from last place to winning a ball. Far fetched. They've really come on strong lately. I think you in the mix. And uh, last up, another sweep. We had, you know, three sweeps we talked about. The last one was the Minnesota State Mavericks uh, over the Ferris State Bulldogs, and a four-two win on Friday for the Mavs, and a four-nothing at home. Minnesota State hadn't been home in about a month, uh, so I'm sure they were, you know, excited to get back on home ice there, and uh, you know, kind of, you know, controlled that series for the most part. Ryan, uh, were you able to catch any of that, or at least some of the maybe the highlights of uh, what went on in this weekend? Uh, yeah, I was able to catch some of the highlights. Uh, I was uh, kind of a little yeah. busy over the weekend, but uh, yeah, um, it was an ex- it was a very interesting weekend overall. Um, I didn't expect it to be go that way, but just uh, they were clicking really, really well um, uh, offensively and on defense. So it was it's hard to predict this year with the CCHA because anybody can beat anybody on any given night. And it just seeing that happen, you just, <laughs> it, it's a, it's a conference that's hard to predict. And I thought it was a weekend that didn't go quite the way I thought it would. So a good weekend overall for them. Yeah. Two shorthanded goals for the Mavericks and a power play goal on, on Friday uh, really kind of, you know, steered, mm-hmm. turned the tide in their favor. And then, uh, you know, great, great goal tending. Uh, didn't need a you know didn't need a ton from their goalies, which is the old uh, you know the old uh, Dryden McKay way uh, of uh, mm-hmm. of not allowing too many shots. If you if you allow around twenty shots a game, then you know, your goalie has to stay in yeah. the game, but they're not forced to make you know spectacular saves here and there. That's kind of a good recipe, uh, Chris. Uh, any thoughts on the way the Mavs are playing and you know trying to keep pace in the in the in the, in the conference? Yeah, you know I I feel like. And, and Ryan's right. Like it is such a tough league to predict. But the one thing that I do think that coming into this season, you know, I thought this was kind of how the Minnesota State team would be. Like we would see those flashes of really, you know, like the, the traditional Minnesota State. Um, we would see that traditional Minnesota State kind of uh, uh, game or team uh, because there are still a lot of remnants from from the past. And I also thought that as the season progressed, Luke Strand was going to be able to, you know, kind of get more of his identity with this team um, and, and and get a better feel for for this group because there's a, there's a whole familiarity and feeling out thing that's kind of going on um, and was going to go on and goes on with any team when they have a first-year head coach. But, you know, I, I think the, the pos- there's a lot of positives that have come out of this season. I mean, unbeaten in their last five, um, you know, to, to be able to kind of build some momentum. Um, I think that Bowling Green will turn out to be a big test for this team on the road once again. Um, but, you know, I really do see that this is a team that is starting to kind of find its way under a new regime with new players. Um, they still have guys that with experience that have led the way for them, which has really helped stabilize the program. I don't think that you can you can really like undersell the importance of a Sam Morton um, and what he's brought to this team and the consistency of scoring that he's brought to this team. Um, That's just such a, such a confidence booster to have a guy that's been there and can do it. And then, you know, you have others that have really contributed in a major way. So I I think that Minnesota state, you know, we talked about how 
St. Thomas is ahead of schedule. I think Minnesota State under its new kind of configuration is is on schedule, which is a great thing for the program. Um, it means that there's not as far to build back up maybe as some would have thought with the transfers, with Hastings leaving, with all these different things that kind of happen. Um, I don't think they're as far away or fell as far as people maybe thought that they could have. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Chris. Um, and we're actually going to take a, a quick break and hear from a couple of CCHA goalies uh, that I got a chance to talk to this week. And uh, so stick around for those interviews and be right back for the CCHA show. All right, joining me on the CCHA show is uh, St. Thomas Jr. Netminder, uh, Jake Seibel. And uh, Jake, thanks for uh, coming on the show and uh, talking some Tommy's hockey. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Uh, Jake, uh, Transferred to St. Thomas uh, from uh, Niagara University, which is out in it's out in Western New York, uh, an area I'm familiar with. Uh, after you know, I worked in CCHA for or with the ECAC in ECAC hockey for a while, so we saw Niagara a good bit. But uh, just uh, right off the bat, what, what was your kind of college uh, selection like going to Niagara first, and then kind of the decision to to come back come back home really to come back to St. Thomas. Yeah, I got you. Um, starting off just back in juniors, my last year of juniors, I was having a pretty good year. And um, there was a couple of schools that were reaching out to me, but uh, <clears throat> Niagara seemed like a great place to be in. Um, great campus. Everything I saw was awesome and the best out of all the schools that were talking to me. So I thought it was a no brainer to go there and uh, definitely grateful to get my feet wet there and uh, have those experiences. And then um, coming back home, just most of that was just not really having a home there anymore. Uh, really just trying to come back somewhere where I can get a look and try to prove some people wrong. So um, definitely has been really nice to come home, but um, that place was great as well. So uh, um, everything just in college so far, this experience has been great. So uh, You played a couple of years at uh, Cambridge Isanti. You're from Isanti, Minnesota, which is about less, just up under an hour North of the twin cities. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, you, Bounced around through through you know youth hockey, a few different NHL teams, but yeah, the Aberdeen Wings team. You guys, won, I think you won all over the championship uh, your last year with Aberdeen. What what was that like for you and that that group that you worked with there, you played with? Yeah, that was a great group. We all just um, I thought the whole team, the forwards, defensemen, whether they were committed or not, um, everyone just bought into what we were trying to do, and what we were trying to do was win a championship. So um, you, there was a ton of games we won and. Not a lot that we lost, so it was a great <laughs> year to just gain confidence and get ready for the next level for everybody on that team. And it was just it was just a ton of fun because everyone was bought into the to what we wanted to do. So, growing up in Isanti, what I mean, does that make you you know a big time Minnesota Wild fan, or wh where does your allegiance kind of lie professionally? Yeah, I'd cheer for the Wild. Uh, hard to do that so far this year, but. <laughs> um, for sure, cheer for the wild whenever I can. I don't watch too much. Uh, yeah. I'm not able to watch too much, but um, when I'm able to, yeah, for sure, the wild. That's pretty cool. So uh, this St. Thomas team, you come in, uh, you know, obviously Aaron Trotter was here before you, um, but he's just a sophomore. So it's like, uh, did you feel like the opportunity to to join this room was was a good one? And that's you know, ultimately what what what, you, what uh, Coach uh, Blossy said to you when you when you kind of uh, made the jump here. Yeah, yeah. When I was having contact with them when I entered the transfer portal, I knew it was uh, a great opportunity because of um, them needing a guy for the next two years just to take some take some games and um, compete for a spot. So that was definitely a great opportunity for me because I did have my two years of eligibility left, and that's kind of what they were looking for, a two-year uh, type of goalie. So um, it was definitely great. And then coming into the room with – Prasma being a freshman and then uh, it was kind of nice to get to know the ropes with him uh, how the team works and Trotter has been great at um, teaching us as well how the team works and our scheduling and stuff like that so it was just a really great opportunity and Trotter's taken me and the whole team has taken me into my spot so uh, it's been really great. You Early on this season you guys, it seems like you guys were trading off you know great weekends or uh, it turned out to be great months right you both get a, a goalie of the month award in the first couple months of the year uh, what what did that do for your the group as far as the confidence of the team, but also for the for the goalie room? You you and you and Trotter. Yeah, I think 
all those awards and stuff that it really speaks to the team performance because uh, we can't do what we do without them blocking shots and being in passing lanes and stuff like that. So it really speaks to our team and the confidence that we got from those is also huge. Um, me and Trot are both getting one. It's just kind of a testament to what our team can do defensively, just shut plays down. So um, just definitely both a lot of confidence and we're going to keep carrying that into the future months. When you see, you know, Aaron go out there and have a good game, does that motivate you to try and one up him kind of in that, in that kind of in, in a weekend? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not too worried about that. Uh, <laughs> I know that. I'm just. I'm more here for the team. I don't. I don't really care. He could. He could play unreal and get a shot out. And I'm, I'm not worried about getting a shot out. I'm just worried okay. about getting. So that's how we look at it. I think Trotter would say the same thing. But um, we're always looking for shutouts. But <laughs> but uh, wins are number one. So. I see you guys have a Boston Bruins ask uh, post series hug. Is that something that would, how did that come about? Uh, I'm not sure how it, how it even started, but um, <laughs> I think we all just know that we're all family in this together. So um, something fun. I know we all like to have fun out there. So, and a uh, great way to end a game is just to have fun with your goalie brothers. So it was great. Uh, now we're in the second half of the year now and, you know, when you come to a new team, it's probably always a little bit difficult because you don't. Everybody else knows each other seemingly, but you're kind of one of the outsiders. Although you did have a good number of transfers, I think you had you know three or four transfers come in with you. Uh, how did those guys kind of help you kind of become part of this 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 group that's uh, become very you know together, very you know brotherhood? Yeah, for sure. The I feel like the on ice stuff is really what uh, pushed me to be a part of the group. Um, obviously we did workouts early in the, what do you say in the season, yeah. but, um, you really get to know each other when you're out on the ice battling. So, um, that was great. And the work ethic that we have in practice really builds that camaraderie because we all know that we're working our hardest every day for each other. So I feel like that just brings the brotherhood together and that definitely helped with, with me and all the other transfers coming as well. What are some of the, you know, the traditions that, that you've already found with the St. Thomas team that that you maybe separate set, set you guys apart or just even just that you appreciate as a, as a student athlete? Um, I'm trying to think, I'm not too sure about setting us apart, but um, I really like it with our team is that we love to try a new thing. We're not just setting our ways when we get a win. We're not going to do that same thing over and over. It's um, we're always trying to improve and it's never, never set in stone what's going to happen. So I, I think that might stand us apart a little bit as opposed to other teams that might have some success and try to do it the same every time. We we try different things and we figure out what works best for us. And I think that's coming around right now. We're figuring out what kind of identity and traditions that we could start uh, implementing to be our identity the rest of the year. So um, that's one thing I do realize about this team is we're willing to try some new, new things. Uh, you guys had a chance to play uh... – Minnesota the Gophers early on the season for the first time ever and I know I think uh, I think I think Trotter played in the game at the Axe but you got a chance to play at Mariucci uh what what is that experience like and I'm sure you played in front of some decent sized crowds but growing up as a Minnesotan hockey player and playing at Mariucci has to be a thrill I'm sure it was it was definitely I think that was I don't even know if I went to that many college games growing up but I do remember going to a couple Gopher games with my with my father and hearing those chants up against me. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. I joined on a couple of them, even though I was on the ice and I was, I was the butt <laughs> end of the joke. I still, I found myself in my head. I was, I, I was, you know, so just being growing up here, you, you always dream about uh, playing at the Mariucci and uh, I got the chance to do it and it was a great game. So uh, forever grateful for that memory and to be a part of that. As uh, I know CCHA fans and St. Thomas fans hope that, uh, you know, Soon, as soon as maybe next year or the year after, the Tommies can uh, pick up that uh, the first winning against the Gophers. So I'm sure that'll be a, a fun one to, to be a part of as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, Jake, uh, you guys, you're, you've had success personally. I know it's a, it's a team, it's a team game, but your 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 stats kind of speak for themselves right now with a sub two goals against average and a you know very high save percentage over nine over nine three. Uh, you know, how much of that you know you're. It's it's the forwards and the defensemen in front of you, but uh, is it is it does it come from practice as far as like that that trust that you have in the guys in front of you and they have in you? Yeah, I'd say it all starts in practice. Our preparation. And, um, I'm gonna know what the what our guys are doing throughout the week. 
um, just because of how hard we do practice. You know, it's always a grind out there. We never take days off. So um, it's good to get kind of chemistry between you talk about line chemistry, but there's also chemistry between me and my defensemen and also the forwards that are out there. I always trying to uh, make sure I know where they're going to be at. So definitely great uh, that week of practice ahead, how hard we practice. And it definitely helps us in the weekend games. I saw you guys, uh, you know, in front of you, especially your penalty kill this last weekend. I think you didn't see a whole lot of shots, but you know, that you guys were able to successfully kill those off. Uh, is it, is it, is it, is it blocking shots or is it just kind of just coverage in the zone that you got, that you feel like your guys are doing a good, your best at right now? Yeah, I think it's our scheme and the way that we use our sticks to block passing lanes. Whenever they can't get a clean pass off, usually teams try to take it back and reattack. And if you just get tips on passes enough, you're going to eventually wear out the clock and get a clear. So um, they've been great at that and taking up passing lanes, giving me shots that I can handle. And I can uh, forever grateful for those block shots when I do strap the block. So I appreciate those guys. Uh, how important do you think was it for the way you guys came back home after that uh, that uh, holiday series, kind of the, the Vermont trip you guys made? I'm sure, you know, Coach Blossy was clearly not happy with how you guys played, but to come back and even to get that win in the in the exhibition against Duluth, uh, but then even more importantly, I guess, the sweep of, of Tech last weekend, uh, you know, what does that say about you guys' resiliency, do you think? Yeah, that was so important, just uh, getting back to the way we like to play. We didn't play like us out in Vermont, so it was really important for us to get back and just to stick to our process. It wasn't even so much about the win and the loss or uh, anything like that. It was just about playing the way we play, and uh, we know when we do that, we can beat pretty much everybody. So getting that extra practice in of bouncing back whenever something doesn't go your way is um, obviously builds that resiliency, but um, definitely need that kind of turbulence in your schedule once in a while just to remind you that you need to be good at what you're doing. Uh, this group, uh, you're going on the road uh, this coming weekend to Northern. Um, you're in first place. Uh, do, does it feel like maybe the target's on your back? Maybe it doesn't from where you guys are sitting, but, you know, being in first place in a, in a league that seemingly, you know, changes hands every week, is it something that you guys look to try to hold on to, or is that is it kind of more on the back burner as far as you talked about just, you know, playing playing St. Thomas hockey? Um, I think we, I think it's actually really good. And, uh, I think we see that and we want that because when you get everybody's best, uh, when you're in first place, you're going to get everybody's best. And the more that you can practice playing against other people's best, the more you're going to be apt to do that in the playoffs. And that's our ultimate goal is to win that championship regular season and postseason. So, um, we definitely want to keep it there and we're going to work for that by playing Tommy hockey, but, um, Definitely, definitely want that that target on our back. We're we're begging for it. So come at us. That's great. And uh, you know, just you know, how the season's gone for you? Uh, could could you you know, it, it's not over yet, and obviously you have those goals down the road. But could you see it going any better for yourself up to this point? I mean, I know it's you know, like I said, it's it's tough to look at the the whole scope of the season when you're in the middle of it. But you know. The decision you made to come back and all all of those things combined is is it, is it kind of a is a little bit of a dream sometimes you wake up from yeah yeah I'd say it's a, it's definitely been a dream to come true so far and um, coming here and proving myself that I can play at this level is uh, definitely been a dream come true and everything that I wanted out of this opportunity so um, definitely gonna have to continue that through the rest of the season but so far so good and then lastly I just want to ask you about you know campus life at, at St. Thomas. I know a, a new rink is uh, in the works, uh, you know, right on campus there. I'm, I'm sure that'll be great for you guys for as far as getting your classmates to come out and w watch you guys play. Cause I know it's tough when you're playing, you know, 15, 20 minutes away in a, in a smaller rink, but, uh, and just, just what, what's campus life been like for you? And, and, you know, do you, do you, you know, make, making friends outside of hockey and stuff like that? I know it's a little bit tough when you're, especially when you're in season. Yeah. Um, Campus has been great. I think it's a really nice place to be here. And uh, once that rink opens up, it's going to be even nicer. Um, but our students have honestly been great at getting out to the St. Thomas Ice Arena as well, even though it is that 20 minutes. It's honestly more than what I figured that it would be, um, especially coming from somewhere that didn't get so many fans. And it's okay. great to have our support that we have here. And as far as around campus, yeah, not, not too much making friends. I usually just go to class, come back, call the girlfriend and 
stuff like that. So um, not too much making friends, but definitely nice to see the faces out at the rink because they do an excellent job at packing that place and making it loud. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goal. He scores. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. He scores. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My collegehockeyinc.com and follow at college hockey okay joining me on the ccha show is uh lake superior state uh senior netminder ethan langenegger and uh ethan uh thanks for coming on and, and talking some lakers hockey after uh, you guys picked up a nice uh nice sweep last weekend yeah thank you for having me i appreciate it uh just jumping right into uh the last weekend there you guys you know knowing what you needed going into the weekend how did you guys approach the the capo cup finale i guess uh at home there yeah, we were definitely in playoff mode for that. It was a big series, especially how the the series on the road at Northern went earlier this year. So we knew we had some business to take care of. We prepared really well, and I think it showed with the results of the weekend. Uh, for your group, uh, and just want to get a little bit behind the scenes uh, for you eventually, and a little about your background for people who don't know. You're from uh, uh, Kamloops, British Columbia. Uh, you, you played junior hockey out there as well. Uh, what was the, the biggest deciding factor for you to kind of come east, if you will, to, to come play for Lake Superior State way back in the day? I know you're a senior now, but uh, thinking back to that. Yeah, a long time ago now. But um, yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was my, the summer between my first and second year in junior. And I was starting to get some interest from some schools, but Lake State was in early uh, on the on the recruitment process there. And I really just wanted to go somewhere where I felt wanted and, and knew I was going to get an opportunity to play. And that's I, I felt that the best opportunity for me was was Lake State at the time. And, you know, I'm definitely very happy I made that decision. And I think it's worked out really well so far for me. Yeah, you've had opportunities really since, you know, you, a few a few games your freshman year, but really since your sophomore year on, you've been in the mix or one of the, you know, getting plenty of opportunity. Uh, you know, how many kids from, you know, from Salmon Arm uh, from that team, do you think uh, had you know aspirations of playing college? Like what percentage would you say uh, going back then? <laughs> Yeah, I'd say a good amount. It's a little weirder when you're out west in Canada there because you don't really grow up following college hockey or really having a good idea about how it works. And uh, I, th I think that's definitely starting to change more. But for sure, when I was growing like I was when I first got to Salmon Arm, there was a couple of kids on our team that had D1 commits and I had no clue who was good, who, you know, like where teams were at, really anything like that. It's it's all WHL out there. So it was cool. Yeah. We had a lot, we had some guys already committed, like I said, and then we had guys commit during my first year and, and definitely my second year when we had a good, a good run there in salmon arm. So yeah, I'd say most of the team obviously wanted to to get that, that scholarship to play in the U S or, you know, unless they were obviously major junior guys that came back down. Very cool. Uh, also says here, I, I read that you're a, you're a, you're a big golfer. Uh, you know, do you get a chance to play when you're home or in the summer? Or like, where, where do you like to play, uh, you know, when when you are back home, I guess? Yeah, yeah. I, I play every chance I get, for sure. It's uh, not a lot of opportunity for golf in the winter in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. So I take advantage in the summer and, and in the late summer, early fall when we get here. But, yeah, a couple of my buddies work at a course back home in Kamloops. And so I get on for a nice price there and, and play with them a ton, really. Yeah, whenever I get the chance. And then, obviously, when we get here and it's still warm for – a day and a half, I guess. Um, we definitely get we definitely get our rounds in. We got a lot in, especially especially this year. Oh yeah, it was pretty warm this year. I think I'm, I'm, I'm playing in November, so yeah. Not sure it was in the the UP, but uh, maybe not quite that late. But that yeah, late. It, it was nice. It was nicer than normal for sure. Absolutely. Uh, you guys, uh, I'm sure you guys don't pay too much attention to the the preseason polls or whatever. But you know, I'm sure you noticed that when you guys are picked in in last place, and I'm. I mean, you know, you, you maybe you use that as a bit of a motivation. I don't know what Coach Witten has uh, says to you before the season starts or whatever, but it seems like you guys are in a good place and kind of picked off from where you picked up from where you left off of the regular season last year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we we know it's there, obviously, right? We're all on on Twitter and social media and stuff, so we see it. Obviously, we don't dwell on it or focus on it. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit of bull bulletin board material for our group, for sure. We had a lot of roster turnover, and obviously, with how last year went. We weren't shocked to see us pick there, but I think internally we knew we had a lot of potential with this group and, and, and we're starting to see that out on the ice for sure. 
Coach Witten always seems to put together a very strong non-conference schedule, whether it's the beginning of the year or or the tournament trip you guys uh, made to to Dartmouth out there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, didn't come back with the results you wanted, but do you feel like, you know, wrapped around that, you, it was a good, six, not successful trip, but did you feel like you guys picked anything away from that trip to the Ledyard Classic at Dartmouth and RIT? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, the results weren't there that we were looking for, but uh, it was definitely some some Christmas break hockey. It was a little sloppy, and I think we just – we definitely cleaned up our play and almost had a bit of a wake up call. Like we got to get going again. This is the second half of the year. And, and when we get back in a conference play, we, we can't afford to have nights like those. So definitely just a little bit of a, of a wake up call for our group. Like let's get this second half going here. Kind of uh, sandwiching that uh, weekend was the, the end of the first half kind of when you had, uh, you scored six against uh, Bemidji state five against Ferris and you backed that up with five each last weekend at home. Uh, is is this is it about the a lot of the younger guys really stepping up too seemingly in these cases is mm-hmm. it is it about that group kind of stepping into roles that they maybe didn't see themselves in at the beginning of the year you think yeah for sure I think that's definitely a factor in it like we knew coming in we had eleven freshmen I believe two transfers so a lot of a lot of turnover from last year and we knew that we had a good amount of guys in that group that were going to need to take on big roles on our team and and. Uh, and take advantage of that if we were going to be successful. So we kind of knew that going in. And when we got here in August and started practicing together, we, the older guys on our team were definitely like, okay, like we got some guys here that can really help us win games. You got to, you know, some brothers, uh, some, some, so a lot of family uh, connections going on with this group. I know, uh, you know, Dwayne is coach is assistant coach to you guys too, but you know, the, his two of his sons there, the, the Milburns as well. Uh, what's that like on a on a day to day basis in practice, and what what is what's that uh, dynamic like for you guys? Do you think it, it's it's cool? It's a funny dynamic. They're both it, it's funny because they're both very different. Like both brothers are are uh, like Connor and Regan are are totally different, and Brett and Ross are totally different. So it's just pr- it's funny to see that. Like you wouldn't you almost wouldn't know they're brothers if you if you <laughs> didn't know. So and I I grew up with with Connor especially because he's just a year younger than me they're both from Kamloops as well so we played some minor hockey together and I've known those guys for for quite a while what what is uh you know coach Rolison like to work with as far as that goes he's unbelievable it's it's pretty special for me too because I grew up an Oilers fan my dad's an Oilers fan (laughs) so we would watch games all the time I still have some foggy memories obviously I was about six when they went on that cup run with Dwayne and Nett there so it was pretty cool it was kind of like reminds you how small of a world it is in the hockey world, especially when you get to, to this level. So it, it was really cool. I was excited when we brought him on board and yeah, I think I can see the development of my game since he's got here really take off. And there's some things that I've, I've really improved on with him. And it, it's honestly just been a pleasure to work with him for the last two years. That's great. I think different voices, you know, definitely point out different things in your game that'll, he'll spark something in you that you, you pick up from. Is that, is that what you've seen as well? Yeah, hundred percent. And then it's also just the fact that he played 18, <laughs> 19 years in the NHL. Like this guy's done what I want to do at the highest level. So anytime I can, I can listen in and, and, and get some advice and mentorship from him. I, I take full advantage for sure. It, it is a small hockey is obviously a small world. I, I grew up a wild fan and he went on a run, a playoff run with the wild with Manny Fernandez back in the, in the day. So when I saw that, you know, the, the name brings out different, uh, different memories for different people. I'm sure. And uh, I, I used to work on the East Coast, and uh, RPI used to play at his alma mater, uh, UMass Lowell. And his there's a picture of him on the wall. I remember very clearly seeing a picture of him on the wall. And so, yeah, college. I mean, college hockey is is is, is a very small world. As as you find out, figure out more and more as you uh, as you get older. Ethan, uh, you know, this group, you guys have put yourselves in a position to you know to battle for a top four spot. You have a couple games in hand with you know a couple teams there. Uh, what do your do your goals change throughout the year as far as how you're playing or is it is it always the you know top four and then try to win a league championship yeah home ice is huge and and especially this year like it's tight so every game matters and I think for us it's not worrying too much about the springtime right now just taking it one game at a time and, and positioning ourselves the best we can for definitely home ice and even higher than than where we're at right now. Like uh, we have a lot of potential in this group and and we have a confident group, but yeah, I think it's just that game by game approach and those kind of stack on top of each other when you take that approach. 
do you feel like uh Sault Ste. Marie is is kind of warming up to the, the Lakers again I, I know you guys have had there's some success uh, early on for you guys when you, you got to campus but now do you feel like it's kind of back a little bit yeah for sure I think we knew we had had some work to do to to get people back in the building this year it was it was a tough year last year and you know the, the fans want to see a team that competes and win and wins games so yeah, for sure. I think we're seeing bigger crowds every weekend. Our student section's been really good when they're here, and they'll be back this Saturday, so that'll be nice to have them back and, you know, giving the other team some, some crap and, you know, <laughs> just rallying, rallying the boys a little bit. It's nice to have that. So, yeah, we've, we've had some good support this year and just looking to keep that going. I got to hear about your your, your mascot because he seems like he's he's involved. Seymour's <laughs> <laughs> everywhere, man. He's He's a – He's a ninja. He's awesome. Yeah. He, he gives us, gives us fist bumps when we come off the ice between periods for warm up. Sometimes he's in the penalty box in the student section. He's kind of a mystery <laughs> man. Yeah. I saw him celebrating with the, the capo cup on the ice. <laughs> oh yeah. He wasn't going to miss that. <laughs> yeah. Just, I, we want, I want to get back. I know we touched on it, but I want to get back to that. It's, it's a big deal, obviously between you guys and, and Northern and uh, to come back and win it the way you guys did has to be pretty special, especially in your senior year. Yeah, it was special. It was something we wanted to get back. We had it my first two years here and we lost it last year. And it's just one of those little in-season things that you really get up for. And and yeah, we wanted to bring that thing back where it belongs. So really happy we got that job done. And yeah, now we just move forward and keep her going. Uh, do, you, do you guys get to talk to alums? I, I'm sure I think there's a, there's some big weekends that alums come back to, to, to campus uh, throughout the year. But you know, the, the fact that you guys have won national championships and, you know, and, and, and uh, have that kind of history, is that, is that important to you guys? Is that kind of preached to you too? Yeah, absolutely. Great Lake state weekend. When we hosted uh, Anchorage, we right. had uh, Doug, Doug Waite and Mark Vermette who scored one of the OT winners, I think it was against St. Lawrence to win mm -hmm. one of our national championships. So that was pretty cool. They shared their experiences with us and it, it's awesome, especially with a guy like, like Doug Waite there, who's, played in the NHL for a long time. Our, uh, our training centers named after him. So yeah, it, it was really cool to have those guys out and just kind of remind you, you know, how far we can take this program from guys that, that have actually done it. And then uh, just lastly, I want to ask you about how this, this team's come together. Do you, do you feel like you guys have, have rallied around anything in particular, you know, maybe, maybe not necessarily just the, the fact that you were counted out or whatever, but just like other things that you've done throughout this season that have made you guys stronger as a group, you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we have a really tight group. I think uh, we have a strong leadership group on our team and, and our, our new guys and younger guys have really bought into that. And, and I think it's showing uh, on the ice, but, but off the ice, we're, we're a really close group. It's one of the closest teams I've ever seen. Like we, we, we just brought in some really good people this year, which I think translates on the ice when you have that culture in the dressing room where everybody's willing to go for, go to war for each other and, and take a bullet for each other. And I think that's what we have in our room right now. So it's been a pretty special year so far and I know we can keep taking it. And I did, I did want to ask you this, sorry about, uh, you know, about what the, the coaches, the decisions that the coaches have to make to put a lineup together. I know it was talked about, I think at least probably a month ago, I heard coach Witten talking about how difficult it is to keep some guys out of the lineup on a Friday when, they probably deserve to be in there or, or, or vice versa on Saturday when a guy's getting a chance to play. Does that, has you seen that as a positive overall? Cause sometimes it can be a negative, right? If, if, if things aren't going well, do you, do you feel like you've, that's been balanced pretty well on this team? Yeah, I think it has for sure. I mean, obviously everyone wants to play and, and guys, you know, are, we're, we're all competitors. We're playing hockey at a high level and we all want to be in there and helping our team win. But I think the culture we've created in the room this year is like, if you're out of the lineup, like, push to get back in there, put your head down and, and go to work and you'll get rewarded for that instead of, you know, obviously in the past, maybe it's been some moping around kind of pouting, feeling sorry for yourself. So we really wanted that out. Like, and, and yeah, we, it, it's, it's, it's great to have internal competition. Like it keeps guys on their toes. It keeps practice competitive. And I think it pushes us all to get better. And then I, I do have a, I'll do, I will ask you one final one. <laughs> I know I teased that earlier, no but uh, you know, do you guys feel like you know, your your special teams units have you know have gelled a little bit more as the season's gone along and your, your numbers are you know pretty good on in, in both units it seems like this year yeah for sure yeah our uh definitely it's been a little bit of movement around with personnel and stuff but it's been clicking lately our pk has been really strong we've made some adjustments to that and made some adjustments to the power play and i think both are rolling right now and 
just looking to keep that going. Obviously, every game's tight. Most games are tight in this conference. Like, yeah. there's not a lot of times you're going to blow a team out. So the special teams can be the difference. And if if both of those are going well, I think it gives us a great chance to win hockey games. Back here on the CCHA show with Ryan Stieg and Chris Peters. And guys, we'll look ahead to uh, the upcoming weekend. Uh, five series here, including uh, obviously a newcomer, Augustana, not fully in the league until 25-26, but they head to Arizona State for a non-leaguer. I guess all their games are non-league at this point, but uh, we'll make that uh, uh, clarification there. The uh, Vikings, oh, we'll start there because I mentioned it. They're heading to Arizona State, a team that will be joining NCHC in a couple of years. But uh, uh, Vikings, you know, we'll start with Chris again. Uh, what, what have we seen from Augustana? Obviously some ups and downs, a great weekend in Colorado against CC and Denver they've hung in just about every single game they seem to be playing uh with a you know a composure that you wouldn't expect from maybe a first year program so far absolutely I, I mean they, they they're in so many of these games that they've played and you know that I think a, you know a more experienced team or a team that's more familiar with each other is going to close more of these out and obviously they've had a, a, a very heavy road schedule this year as well um, but, you know, I mean, Arizona State is a team that's kind of fighting for scratching and clawing for everything they can get in uh, in the pairwise right now. They're on the outside looking into the NCAA tournament and and really might not get back into it, regardless of, of results in the forthcoming weeks here uh, just due to their schedule. But, you know, I, I think that to see a team like Augustana come through and, and you know, you see that the, they only have six wins, but I look at the the you know the the unbeaten games as well the ties and 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 some of these losses by one goal you know having a tough one against Notre Dame um Omaha playing them tough um you know they've they've played pretty much they've they've done well against you know CCHA teams where they had that early sweep against Bowling Green so you know I think that you have to give them time but at for a first year program I think we've seen a lot of very positive steps for them I think that we've seen a team that that is starting to uh kind of find an identity, if you will. You know, I think that that's, it's such a cliche thing that we hear coaches talk about, but it's so important too, especially for these early teams. Um, you know, I think that they've got a group there that that can help kind of set this foundation. They're going to have a lot of new faces next year. They're going to have a lot of guys that are going to have to come in and and really kind of set set a new tone and a, and a new standard um, next season. But I think they're they're another team where I feel like it maybe they're not ahead of schedule, but I feel like they're very much on schedule for being, you know, a competitive team. And by the time they're a full fledged member of the CCHA, I think that they'll they'll have had that experience under their belts. And I, I also want to say too, I think the way that Augustana has done it in terms of if you are a new program has been, I feel the right way, uh, where you get your coaching staff in place before you get, you know. You're, you're well before you're going to play, you get that recruiting done, you build your facility, you, you know, it's, it's been a very methodical step-by-step -step process. And I think that Augustana is going to have a, an easier time transitioning into the CCHA once they're ready, because they've taken this very deliberate process. So um, that's something that I also think is very important to note about their development as a program because we have seen in recent years this kind of slapdash where we're putting a team in and then they can't compete. I think Augustana is going to be a much more competitive entity as a result of, of the way they're building. Uh, Ryan, the uh, Augustana Vikings in your eyes, I know the uh, Tommies don't actually uh, head out there, but they do get to play at Midco uh, in the second week of February, February 9, 10. Uh, that should be fun. I, I am headed to the Midco opener uh in next week you know, next weekend but uh you know thoughts on augustana from what you've seen from afar ryan and uh you know excited maybe to see them uh, take on the tommies uh, in the near future you know augustana at the start of the year was kind of a big surprise for everybody just the way they were just offensively they clicked right away and usually it takes new programs a while to find their footing and sweep of Bowling Green right off the bat and then they you know were somewhat competitive against Wisconsin and wins were coming and it's I haven't gotten a chance to watch them a whole lot but the brief periods that I have it's just 
the pieces are there. Like Chris said, it's like they're going about it the right way. And when the CCHA, when they're fully a member, you know, in two years, I think they'll be competing for home ice right away. They're just, the pieces are there to be successful. And uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully finding a way to catch the Tommy's play in Augustana. If I can, <laughs> I don't know, get a flow sports subscription or something like that. But yeah, it's, it's, they're hanging tough with every team within the conference and uh, making some noise far earlier than expected. So they're going to, they're going to be a good team next year. And I think they're going to be a good team, you know, when they're a full member too. Your next series. And it's uh, Ryan's current and, and, and former uh, clubs that he's covered squaring off when the Tommies head to Marquette to take on Northern Michigan, uh, you know, before last weekend, we might not know what to expect from from these two teams, but they seem to be going in different directions. What, what do you what do you see coming? We don't need a prediction, Ryan, but uh, if you don't want to give one, but just what, what do you see from this upcoming series <laughs> up in, in Marquette? Which the for the Wildcats, you know, in their favor, they've been playing much better at home than they have maybe even in years past. Yeah, they. Um, it's hard to figure Northern out right now. They're. Um, you know, in the years that I've covered Northern, they've been very much a second-half team. Under Grandpa Tony, they really tend to turn it on in February, and uh, as they did last year, and made it all the way to the CCHA championship game because they found their footing. It, you know, it kind of needs to happen sooner rather than later because right now they're fighting for home ice position, and they're starting to fall behind a little bit, so they need to kind of figure things out and start to get into a groove or something. Then you got St. Thomas on the other hand, who, like I mentioned earlier, looked very good against Michigan tech and is now in first place and seems to be the front runner per se. It's hard to really say a front runner <laughs> just because the CCHA is so unpredictable, but I think they're the team that's playing the most consistently and has been playing the most consistently all year. So um, it's going to be an interesting weekend. It's hard to win in Marquette. It's a long trip to make, but um, it should be a competitive series and it's kind of a Northern's got to at least get a split split out of the weekend if they want to, remain in home ice contention so it's uh it's pretty pivotal uh for one team and the other team it's just trying to it's for st thomas they're just trying to stay in first place chris what do you think about this one yeah you know i i i think right now st thomas is uh they're they're kind of they're kind of rolling you know they're kind of they're kind of feeling it and that that's a that's a dangerous thing you know i, I think that this is a team that has, has established some momentum now, you know, even with that exhibition went over Minnesota Duluth and, and, you know, to take that onto the road, this is, this is the time where they can prove themselves to say, we are actually here where this is happening. This is, this is, we are legit. Um, and, and, and you know, I, I think we all know Marquette can be a tough place to go into and get and, and pick up a couple of wins. And, you know, Northern is, is certainly kind of licking their wounds. And that's the other thing is for me is that, you know, when you have a team that is already a little bit annoyed or upset with how they played, you, you're usually going to see a big response from them. So that's why I think it's such a big test for St. Thomas. I like I like the Tommies to get at least one um, in this in this series. Uh, I think it's going to be tough to sweep, uh, but I yeah, I just think that the the momentum keeps rolling, and these are going to be two tight games uh, with uh, with a very uh, perturbed. Northern Michigan against uh, a, a, a juiced up St. Thomas team. I think it should be a great series. Absolutely. And another perturbed team we'll get to next. And also in the UP, it's Michigan Tech hosting Bemidji State, who seems like they've been off for a little while. They're getting their uh, world junior champion back, gold medalist uh, back in Eric Polkamp, which I'm sure they're very much happy to be doing so with the Beavers head to Tech. And Chris, uh, this is important for both these teams trying to, as we talked about in the other series, trying to keep pace for, for home ice. It's, it seems like there's uh you know, six teams for four spots, maybe even uh, still to this point. Yeah. It's a, it's been amazing to, to watch kind of the, the way the standings have fluctuated over the course of the season. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, tech tech coming off of a sweep is, is again, that's another kind of dangerous situation if you're Bemidji state, but, you know, getting getting Eric Polkamp back is is big for them. Um, obviously, you know, played at the World Juniors, had that experience, kind of settled into more of a seventh defenseman role for Team USA. But I mean, you know, you think about 
the fact that you kind of got to just want a gold medal at the world juniors on your roster. Um, you got to feel really good about kind of what's, what's the comfort for him and, and what he can do in this series. And, and you hope that maybe, you know, now with this little bit of a layoff, getting a chance to recover and recuperate from that long tournament, uh, you know, he's going to be pretty fresh to come in here and, 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 and make an impact on this game and in this series. But to me, I mean, this is all about, you know, Michigan tech on home ice with the opportunity to, uh, bounce back from just a probably what felt like a devastating sweep um, at the hands of St. Thomas, you know, that's, that's to me going to be the the story here. And I, I'm, I, I'm, as I look at, you know, Bemidji, the, the fact that they haven't necessarily played all that consistently in the last couple of weeks, you know, you wonder, does it give them time to rest and to get ready or did it give, you know, does it take them out of any sort of rhythm if there was one to be had? Um, so, you know, I think I like tech on home ice for this series, but at the same time, uh, you know, Bemidji is, is going to come in pretty refreshed. So, you know, that could, that could be, uh, that could, that could even, you know, even the scales a little bit there, but I still think tech off of a, uh, off of a sweep is going to, they're going to respond. Eric Polkamp leading the CCHA in shots per game, 4.19, 67 shots in 16 games as a fresh and blue liner. Uh, not too shabby. Uh, Ryan, quickly, your thoughts on this one before we get to our uh, last few series of the week. Um, I think it's going to be, uh, probably of all the series, I think this one's going to be the most pivotal because Bemidji needs to keep pace <clears throat> with St. Thomas if they want to get in first place and Michigan Tech is starting to fall behind if they want to, now they're trying to fight for home mice in addition to, you know, getting in a Monotony Cup potentially. So, um, if Bemidji can play at the level that they were at times earlier in the year, maybe they can you know, potentially get a sweep because I know Tech is reeling a little bit right now after that uh, disappointing outing against uh, St. Thomas. So this is a good opportunity for Bemidji. And also at the same time, Michigan Tech is, you know, they're still Michigan Tech. They have the weapons there. We're, I'm waiting to Austin Swankler to maybe catch some fire a little bit, uh, you know, kind of get that boost for the offense that Tech needs. So it, uh, I think it's going to be, if I was going to make a prediction, I'd say probably a split out of the weekend because I think the teams are really evenly matched right now. So uh, overall, it's going to be a fun series to watch up at Holden. Bowling Green hosting Minnesota State here. The Falcons uh, seem to be a different team to play at home. Uh, and they're you know still not out of the running for, for home ice if they can put a run together like they did last year. I don't think they run like nine games in a row at one point last season. And uh we're able to climb into a home ice position. Uh, Mavs, on the other hand, as we talked about with Chris, they're uh, have a little, little bit of a streak of their own currently, and, and looking to keep that going uh, in uh, Northwest Ohio. What do you what do you think about that, Ryan? Um, Mankato is also going to be one of those uh, teams that's going to be in the mix um, at at the end. I think I think the pieces again with all these teams are there for Mankato to make a run late. Uh, you look at Bowling Green, it's been a surprise, I think. I thought Bowling Green would be in the contention for the McNaughton Cup at the start of the year, and they just haven't seemed to have been able to pull, pull it together and get a winning streak going or anything. So it's now they're trying – there's still a chance for them to get home ice, but they got to get something out of this weekend and something out of their next series too. So um, I think it's going to be – I, I want to say – I, originally, when I made my predictions, I was temp I I picked a split earlier today. But the more and more I think about it, I think Mankato is going to probably take care of business um, and get a sweep out of the weekend. Um, it's going to be a tight series, though. It's both games are going to be close. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either night. Uh, Chris, so what, what do you see from these two? You think uh, Mavs continue to roll here? I mean, I know, you know. Bowling Green's done a really good job of of selling out their building for some some big time home games, and I think that that's a it can it can it can provide a boost to the to the home team. Yeah, yeah, it can, and I I think that you know I think that Bowling Green is gonna be another one of those teams where they they've kind of had a chance to kind of reset and and re rack. So I do think it'll be close, but I I think I agree with Ryan. You know, just the way that Minnesota State's playing right now. Um, you know, this, the, the run that they're on, it feels like the snowball is kind of rolling down the hill a little bit and they're picking up more and more steam. And, 
Um, and, and I do think that that's, that's going to be a trend that continues. Um, it'll, you know, and, and that presents a great challenge for Bowling Green to really find out what they're made of in terms of, you know, this stretch run, um, protecting home ice, obviously very important at that point, but also just, you know, playing a team that's, that's playing extremely well. Um, you know, how, what do you do? What do you have in your bag that you can, you can stop that? Um, and that's going to be something that could be instructive for their postseason run as well. Uh, you know, what we see from them this weekend. So uh, these, I, I think any of these games here from the rest for the rest of the season kind of tells you a little bit about these teams um, in terms of what they're, what they're going to look like down the stretch run here. Uh, but man, I, 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 I agree. I think, you know, I, I really do think that Minnesota state is, is kind of starting to get that momentum going again. And, it, and it, even though it's a different regime and different players and then things like that, I don't think there's a, there's enough guys there that know what that's like at that program. And they'll, they'll know how to keep it going. And our last series of the week to talk about Ferris State and Lake Superior State playing a home and home. Actually, they're uh, in uh, Grand Rapids, uh, or excuse me, Big Rapids on Friday, and then they head up to uh, Sault Ste. Marie on Saturday night. So a uh, uh, bit of an odd one there. I know they split their other series up across months. I know they had the single game a couple weeks ago, and then they play later on last home uh, regular season weekend. So uh, Chris. Uh, Lake Superior State, we talked about them, all the scoring they're doing. Bulldogs are a tough team to do that against, despite being, you know, at the bottom of the standings right now. They have two great goalies and, uh, and a building, like, much like uh, Bowling Green, that's tough to play in. Yeah, you know, I think Ferris has been one of the toughest teams to get a read on all year. I, I, I like a lot of the pieces that they have. I like the goaltending that they have. I think that there's a lot a lot to, to like about their team and their, and their program. And, and it's just, you know, it has not clicked um, for whatever reason, you know, with, with basically one win, you know, two wins in the last two months, you know, it's not real. It, 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 that's, that's tough to, to kind of get up for. And, and that's going to make things challenging here, especially against a, a Lake state team where I don't think they're going to score five goals each game. Uh, but I do think that their scoring ability is going to be the difference in this one and that they're going to find ways to score and that, you know, that's been the issue right now for, for Ferris is they're not finding ways to score, um, not consistently at least. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of games with one and two goals scored, and it's just not going to cut it in this league right now, especially with the way that everybody else is playing. So, um, you know, the home and home option, I, you know, I, I think there's, there's a great potential for, uh, for a split here. I think that that's, you know, I, I think if you get a split, you kind of stop the bleeding a little bit if you're Ferris. And I, and I do think that that's possible in this, in this one, but you know, the thing that, that, that just gives me concern is, you know, we talked about the, the snowball rolling downhill for, uh, uh, for, for Minnesota state, it feels like, you know, the opposite, they just, you know, Ferris just hasn't consistently picked up any steam, um, you know, where they're stringing wins together, only two consecutive one, one, get one instance of two consecutive wins. And one of those was an exhibition game, you know, so that's really where you're, you're starting to say, okay, well, how, how can you, but I, I at least think, you know, they're going to give Lake state a run for their money, especially on that home side of, of the home and home. Uh, but yeah, but I, I just have a hard time seeing, uh, seeing them, you know, getting, slowing down that Lake state offense. That's really picked up. Uh, Ryan, thoughts on our final series uh, talk about this weekend? You know, it's Ferris is known for surprising teams that come in there. You know, they're they're at the bottom and they're kind of forgotten about. And uh, when St. Thomas went into play Ferris, they surprised them the first night. And I've watched them surprise other teams on the first night. So I wouldn't be surprised if Ferris kind of jumped on Lake State right away. Um, the opening game and maybe pulled an upset, but um, Ferris has struggled to put together back-to-back -to -back nights, um, good performances all season. So I don't see them doing it this weekend either. Um, I picked a split in my own predictions, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think Ferris is going to get a win Friday and Lake State's going to get the win Saturday. Um, should be a competitive series though. Um, we'll see, uh, how many, if <laughs> Lake state can continue its five goal thing, um, <laughs> this weekend, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that happens. Cause, uh, their offense is starting to find its groove. CCHA, CCHA standings are uh, stretching out just a little bit from where they were at the uh, holiday break. St. Thomas up to 27 points and, uh, Bowling Green and Northern are six and seven with 15. So 12 points 
separate those uh, groupings, but still plenty of room at the top, some games in hand for Minnesota State, Michigan Tech, Northern and Bowling Green. So, yeah, what, until those games totals kind of even out a little bit, a little more uh, be able to gauge uh, where teams are going to sit. Uh, before we get out of here, guys, I want to give you a chance to to plug uh, – what where people can find your 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 work and uh, Ryan, uh, we'll start off with you and uh, you know get, cover the Tommies and uh, uh, and all that you do. So uh, what uh, where can folks find you? Well, um, I do have my own website, uh, thetripledeek.com. It's uh, you can find like my weekly predictions. I do weekly previews for St. Thomas series. Sometimes if I have time, I do previews for some other teams. Um, I'm hoping to. I did some features at the start of the season. I got kind of busy with some other things, so I'm hoping to come up with some in the next few weeks to add to the site. I also do some work for Minnesota Hockey Magazine, so if you see stuff on there, you can check me out there as well. My Twitter handle is at Ryan Stieg, so there's three places you can catch me, so <laughs> I have a lot to offer for you guys. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Uh, that's awesome, and I hope people do read uh, you know, everything that Ryan puts out there. It's really good, especially if you're a fan of the Tommies. And uh... Chris, what are you working on and where can people find you? Yeah, yeah, flowhockey.tv. So if you're watching CCHA games, make sure to stop over and check out some of our content. We've got Tim Rapley doing uh, our CCHA coverage this year. Um, you know, always has has great takes and, and great insight on the league and certainly covers it with a lot of passion. And, um, you know, I've got my national uh, NCAA power rankings every week. Uh, that kind of usually comes out Wednesday, sometimes Thursday, depending on how busy my week is. Uh, but yeah, but that's, that's the main stuff. And then uh, NHL draft coverage really starts ramping up here after the world juniors. So a lot of that, um, you know, certainly a lot of recruits and different things that we'll be focusing on for the NHL draft. And, uh, but yeah, but I mean, you know, check out flowhockey.tv. We got lots of stuff beyond the CCHA and, um, you know, it's uh, it seems like it's uh, becoming a, a hockey fans playground a little bit, you know, where we've got a lot of different leagues there uh, for you to check out. So, uh, but yeah, but it's great, obviously, having college hockey and in, in, in the CCHA. Uh, I can't wait for the playoffs. I mean, we will have much more comprehensive uh, coverage of the tournament this year. And um, yeah, looking looking forward to that getting going, because uh, last year it was just absolutely bananas to to watch uh, every single weekend. So uh, so looking forward to that and and much more to come. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CCHA Show. For stories, scores, stats, and more, visit CCHA.com.